You're listening to Null and Void with Tony Grundy and Andy Callahan, a For the Now media production. Not surprisingly, after last week's much-celebrated episode 100, this week we now bring you episode 101. We don't want you to put it in room 101. Why would you do that? And tonight we've got you 10 different sports and their stories, a host of your contacts, and I get a grip that I hope will make you as cross as it did make me. My name is Tony Grundy. And mine's Andy Callahan. Now, my weekend, as usual, with my four and a half lawns being cut, but actually an added item to that is my mower badly needs servicing, and the guy uh, at the moment can't take it up the road from here. Um, so I'm having to sort of push it round. It really is hard work. Probably quite good in fitness terms, but I'll tell you what, some of my language is, well, not to be repeated because it's very frustrating, particularly if it gets, as it is at the moment, wet. Anyway, I did get time to watch um, plenty of Premier League games, WSL and Netball Super League games uh, there to watch. How about you, Andy? So managed to get in a couple of long runs. Obviously watched some of the coronation, but I've got to admit, I, I got, uh, as much as I'm a royalist, I struggled with how long the church service and everything. Oh, so, it does your head uh, in. <laughs> just dragged on. Um, oh. Quick, get it over and done with. Get on with the partying. Um, and then managed to watch uh, plenty of rugby union, rugby league, and also some wheelchair tennis, which was really exciting. And a bit more later on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fact, that's the next thing I was going to say is tennis. Why don't we talk about that first? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned last week the progress of the Madrid Open. Well, this weekend just gone, uh, saw the conclusion of this tournament. The men's was won by Spain's Carlos Alcaraz, who's top player at the moment, um, against Germany's uh, Jan Leonard Struff uh, from Germany, as I say. Whilst in the women's, Arena uh, Sabalenka of Italy beat the favourite Iga Swiatek of Poland. That wasn't expected, but anyway, um, the big French Open tournament now looms just a couple of weeks ago uh, to go on May the 28th. That tournament and Wimbledon, you won't be seeing Emma Raducanu, who's had surgery on her wrists and one of her ankles and therefore misses these two majors yet again. Meanwhile, though, some good news, Andy Murray has won his first tournament since 2019. Mm. The lower level ATP tournament held in Provence, France, he beat Tommy Paul 2-6, 6-1, 6-2. So great progress for him, putting him back, actually, that result put him back in the top 50 rankings for the first time for a long time. Given all the problems he's had with injury, I think he's doing really well. What that means for uh, um, France and also for uh, Wimbledon, we don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Mm. The wheelchair tennis. Great Britain's men's team won the wheelchair world championships in Portugal. So uh, it's done on a round robin in the groups and then they go through to knockout stages. Very similar sort of format to the Davis Cup and the Billie Jean King (laughs) Cup. So a team event. So they topped their group before beating Spain in the semi-final and then beat the Netherlands in the final. So um, 
the team of three is the world number one, Alfie Hewitt, yeah. his regular doubles partner, Gordon Reed, and Ben Bartram. So, yeah, the three of them were crowned world champions in the men's tournament. The women's competition was won by the Netherlands, who beat Japan in the final. Um, the British team just missed out on a medal, having lost 2-0 to Japan in the semi-final. They then lost 2-0 to the French in the bronze medal playoff. But the juniors um, also won and were crowned world champions. So team of Joshua Johns, Reuben Harris and Oliver Cox took the gold, beating the USA 2-1 in the finals. So a really great return there for the British um, wheelchair tennis team. Men's team gold, um, juniors team gold, and the women are really creditable fourth place and just really unlucky to miss out on that bronze medal fantastic congratulations to all of them that's brilliant anyway formula one how are you doing yeah yeah normal service resumed in the formula one with max verstappen back to winning ways um and he extended his lead at the top of the drivers championship with his win in the miami grand prix uh he beat his teammate sergio perez actually overtook him late on in the race after perez had again put in a good performance and then Aston Martin's Fernando Alonso was in third place. So, yeah, Verstappen extends his lead at the top of the Drivers' Championship there, and that's his third win already this season. Yeah, I think Perez was uh, fancying his chances, wasn't he? So uh, I guess Verstappen put him back in his place as such. Yeah, Yeah. it was a good ding-dong between the two. I think that it's, uh, it's always nice to see when they're actually allowed to race against each other rather than team orders coming in which i always think is a bit bit off you know sort of it, it's, i like i like the racing i don't want to just see someone sit there in the lead and then go right i'll wave my uh wave my team captain through yeah i mean perez is he's very definitely not a sort of backup driver is he mm. he's a real talent okay i've got premier league next football um arsenal bounce back winning at newcastle as you very well know manchester united also lost at west ham so the idea of Liverpool pinching a top four finish looms. Horror of horrors. <laughs> West Ham's win makes them virtually safe from relegation. Having said that, Southampton, Everton, Forest, Leeds and Leicester are still in grave danger. One surprise result yesterday, Monday, was uh, Everton winning 5-1 at Brighton. I don't know what odds you could have got on that, but three vital points for them and maybe that will boost them enough i don't know it's not enough in terms of points yet but it might give them a confidence going forward we'll see um and forest won a very close game 4-3 against southampton last night as well loads of goals because i think teams are are just going hell bent for it you know um yeah so then was it fulham beat leicester 5-3 leicester were 5-1 down at one point um For most of that game, Leicester looked awful. I really, I, I, I really think they're the ones that I would now say are definitely in trouble. Southampton are gone. You know, they they well, need Southampton, a miracle. Southampton are gone. Yeah, uh, but I, I think you're right. That's getting very close to that now. Three games for most of them to play. So we will see. Um, yeah, it is also this week uh, is the semi-finals of the Champions League, Manchester City are tonight, Tuesday, away in the first leg to Real Madrid. City have never won the Champions League. I 
think Real Madrid have won it 14 times, something like that. Um, but last season it was Real Madrid who knocked them out at the same stage. So that will be a great game over the two legs to watch, I will suggest, because City, they don't look as if anybody can beat them at the moment, but Real Madrid just have that experience come the moment. I won't uh, ask but, who you're supporting. Well, uh, <laughs> as I said, City haven't won the Champions League, uh, and I hope it stays that way. No, I mean, I wish them all the best as a team that's got that far this season, uh, but... West Ham also are playing on Thursday night in the first leg of their semi-final in the lower level Europe, Europa Conference. So I say good luck to both those teams. We'll see what happens. But Real Madrid clearly are a force. That, I'm looking forward to watching that tonight, to be honest. OK, and WSL, um, it's the Women's FA Cup final this coming uh, weekend at Wembley. The two teams playing, Chelsea and Manchester United, it should be a cracking game. I think they are the two best teams. If you look at the WSL league table at the moment, that would be confirmed by saying that United are top and Chelsea are second with two games in hand. You know, United on 50 points and Chelsea are on 45, I say with two games in hand. And Chelsea won 7-0 at weekend and United 3-0. Manchester City and Arsenal are also in contention, not too far behind. But, I, you know, some of those games are really well worth watching. Anybody listening as a null and voider has not caught the WSL yet, should. It really is high quality. OK, I've got Rugby Union next, Andy. Yes, yeah, so um, it was the final round of the regular season in the Premiership this weekend. So with the playoff top four confirmed and no relegation this season. The only things to play for, really, this weekend were which teams made the top eight to qualify for next season's Champions Cup in Europe. So Bath secured that eighth spot in quite controversial fashion with a 61-29 win over Saracens after Saracens rested most of their first team ahead of this weekend's playoff semifinals. So um, I think Bristol... Fans were certainly uh, on the social media muttering darkly about Saracens, who, let's face it, don't have the best uh, record in terms of playing by the rules and playing by the book in um, rugby's premiership. So um, a lot of Bristol fans feeling hard done by that they missed out um, despite their win uh, 36-21 over Gloucester. So Exeter hold on to seventh place despite losing... 17-14 to London Irish, who secured fifth place to maybe have a positive end to what had been a really difficult week for the club where um, players and staff were late getting paid. They only got paid very late on Thursday evening. And basically, if the club had failed to pay them on Thursday evening, the players could have, on breach of contract, walked away from the club and found other clubs and signed contracts with new clubs for next season. So, um, yeah, some real challenges there. I think they're in the midst of a takeover and they blamed it on that. But a real worry when you think that these were the sort of indicators that sort of led up to Wasps and Worcester going to the wall, players and staff not getting paid and things like that. So hopefully Irish make it through um, and it all gets sorted out for the Amer new American owners to take over 
and put some money into the club quickly. So, uh, but yeah, they, they actually finished their highest league finish in about 10, 12 years, um, finishing in fifth place. Uh, Leicester Tigers were already secure in third place unless they lost by something like 30, 40 points to Harlequins. Well, they did lose at home to Quinns, but only 2017. And uh, Leicester and former England winger, Chris Ashton, who's retiring at the end of the season, got a red card for a, a high, dangerous tackle. Um, and I think that could mean that he's actually played his last game because although Leicester have now got the definitely the semi-final and maybe a final if they make it in the playoffs, I think he's up in front of the beak this evening as we speak. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a two, three-week ban. So uh, unless he does like Owen Farrell has done and goes off to tackle school and manages to reduce that ban, then I think that could be Ashton's career finished. I mean, he does finish as the highest ever Premiership try scorer. So um, done very well there. But in the United Rugby Championship, which is the former Celtic League, but also now includes um, the South African sides, Connaught, Stormers, Leinster and Munster won their playoff quarterfinal places um, to book their place in this week's semi-finals. So three out of the four Irish provinces through and then Stormers from South Africa make up the quartet for the semi-finals. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, netball next. This week saw the semi-finalists talking about the playoffs positions for the Super League um, confirmed and still four games to go. It just shows how far ahead those top four mm. are. That gives you at the moment London Pulse, uh, Surrey Storm, uh, Loughborough Lightning and Manchester Thunder qualifying for the ties to be played on Friday 9th uh, with the grand final on the following Sunday, June the 11th. Now, the top two teams, when the season actually does finish, will have home advantage, which is normally the case with these playoffs. Mm. Loughborough, though, have tough away matches at both London Pulse and Surrey Storm before the end of the season. So a, a way to go yet. Uh, so at the moment, London Pulse are top, then Surrey Storm, Loughborough Lightning and Manchester Thunder in fourth. I think it'd be a really exciting end to the season because of that. Those top four have dominated right the way through the season. OK, Rugby League, Andy, and you've got a great story for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with the, the mundane before we move to the ridiculous. So Warrington are back to the top of the table after beating top uh, bottom team Wakefield, 32-18. Uh, Wakefield are now winless from their 11 games. And they had Kevin Proctor sent off halfway through the second half, having been at 12-all. They then lost a player down to 12 men. And then that was when they uh, lost momentum and Warrington beat them to go back to the top of the table because Hull beat the previous leaders, Wigan, uh, which opened up the way for Warrington to overtake the Pie Men. Leeds managed to break that run of win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Having lost last weekend, they lost again this weekend to Salford. So they've broken that pattern of win one, lose one. But the story of the weekend <laughs> um, is the Catalans against St. Helens in France. So the French side, for some unknown reason, decided that the pre-match entertainment would be a um, a lap of honour for three prize-winning bulls 
and two cows from some local prize-winning herd. So they were giving them a lap of one around the stadium, as you do, as the players were warming up on the pitch. Um, one bull, however, broke loose, um, dragging its handler along the ground. He was hold, trying to hold on to the rope that uh, he'd been leading the bull by, and the bull was then taking him for a walk instead as it ran off across the pitch. Going through the Catalan players, they were all running for cover and diving out of its way as this bull rampaged across the pitch as they were all warming up. Thankfully, both no bulls and no players were hurt in the uh, in the episode, but only in the Catalan region could you get that uh, as the players, as they were running around to avoid it. But what I would say is the bull was more successful in breaching the Catalans' line than Saints were in the game as the French side beat the reigning champions 24-12. So, but yeah, um, the video is out there, folks, and I would highly recommend watching it. It's hilarious <laughs> as this poor guy is dragged along the ground behind this bull as it runs through these shocked rugby players. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I said to you, but at least nobody yeah, ruptured their hamstring uh, trying to escape from it. But <laughs> as yeah, the yoga did. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, basically they've got the wrong wrong region, you know, the and the wrong spot. Running of the bulls takes place in Spain, not in yeah, France. Just, just a little bit down the road. But anyway, <laughs> OK. Um, right. Lovely story to finish on, on rugby league. Um, golf. We like first. We like records. Just to tell you, Rory McIlroy in the Wells Fargo tournament that he was playing in didn't actually play very well in the tournament. But on one hole, he putted a 71-foot putt. The longest putt he has ever held in his whole career. So a first for Rory McIlroy. But uh, that's worth mentioning. The rest of his tournament there wasn't. I mean, that's ludicrous. That's what about 18, 19 meters? Yeah, as a it's, uh, it's 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 interesting. Put it that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, anyway, uh, it was worth mentioning. But the biggest story with golf was the Ryder Cup stars Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, and Lee Westwood were all ineligible now uh, to play in this year's uh, um, Ryder Cup event. Why? Well, after resigning from the WP World Tour to sign up with Liv, the trio, along with Richard Bland, have been sanctioned for breaking tour rules after joining, as I say, Liv. The players said they had no option, given punishments being imposed after they joined the Saudi Arabian-funded tour. All four will now be unable to play for Europe against United States in Rome. And the sad thing about it is that, well, the players were hit, let's explain their side of it, with £100,000 fines each for playing in Liv's opening tournament at the Centurion Club in Hertfordshire last June. They then appealed, but lost the appeal held by the Arbitration Services Sports Resolutions and had until 3rd of May to pay their fines. They've all paid. I mean, money isn't an issue for these guys, apart from Garcia, who on principle was still not paid. I mean, just to put it in context, Garcia 
is Europe's all-time record point scorer, while Westwood played in a record 11 matches for Europe. But under the tour's rules, the players now cannot serve ever as future captains or vice-captains of Europe. Westwood, Poulter and Garcia were seen as certainties to skip a Europe in future Ryder Cups uh, until they defected to LIV. Westwood called it a sad day. I think it is, but I guess inevitable the way things have been running up. But this is the first time it's really coming into into full focus. Mm. I mean, it's it's a shame for Westwood that he'll never get to captain a Ryder Cup team. I don't think he would have made the team on form this year as a player, but obviously then the captain will also pick vice-captains who are normally recent players who are a you know can bring that energy bring that vibe into the team room and I think you know certainly people like Westwood and Poulter would definitely bring that I mean Garcia has been talked about as a possible captain I know so uh yeah well, it's a real, real shame for them it, it is it's a moment in history but it is a real shame okay and we're bound to hear more about it bound to hear more so Athletics Diamond League season has got underway in Doha on Friday night. So wasn't much in the way of representation from British athletes, but Dina Asher-Smith ran 10.98 seconds in the 100 metres, finishing third. And then the British pole vaulter, Holly Bradshaw, had to pull out in the warmer. This would have been her first outdoor meet back after injury last season, hamstring injury cut her season short last summer, but she pulled out in the warm-up feeling tightness and in her and stiffness in her Achilles. So she said rather than risk it, she would wait another week and, and make sure she was right for the next event. But so that means that summer is definitely on the way if we've got the Diamond League events back in. And then yeah. in cycling, it's been a um the grand tours are underway for both men's and women's. The women's of Vuelta Femenina which is the Spanish Grand Tour. Uh, this year it was extended from five stages to seven. Shows the interest and support that's there. Really dramatic finishes. Uh, Anamiek van Vleuten won by just nine seconds overall from fellow Dutch rider Demi Vollering. Um, and Vollering won the final stage on the mountains, but van Vleuten came in to just finish um, within that time, nine seconds was all she won the overall race by. And that was to secure her third title. So that was the women's Vuelta Femenina. Uh, the men's Giro d'Italia is taking place as we speak. And after four stages, Norwegian Andreas Lechnesund is in the leader's pink jersey. So it's a pink jersey in the Giro d'Italia as opposed to the yellow jersey in the Tour de France. But uh, he leads the race by 28 seconds. British interest is led by the Ineos riders, Geraint Thomas, who's currently in sixth, and Theo Gagan-Hart, who's 90 seconds behind the leaders in ninth place. So, But that'll be taking place over the next 10, 12 days. So plenty of racing to go there. Finally. Yeah, cricket. Ten was there any cricket for the weather we've had? <laughs> um, there wasn't a lot uh, in terms of the county championship. 
there was just one result with Warwickshire beating Hampshire by an innings and 84 runs. But in the women's cricket, there's been quite a lot happening. Firstly, I think the big news was the retirement from international cricket of England fast bowler Catherine Siver-Brunt. And she's retired after a 19-year international career. So the 37-year-old is England women's top wicket taker with 335 wickets across all three formats. So test matches, 50 over and 20 over internationals. And just to rattle off some of her honours, she's won the Ashes three times in that career. She's won two 50 over World Cups and one T20 World Cup. So an amazing feat, and that's in an overall achieved 267 caps for England across all formats. And all of that despite suffering two really horrendous back injuries that required surgery and left her almost unable to walk when she was recovering from those. So, you know, I would say a true great of English cricket. So she's going to finish this season in the 100 with Trent Rockets. And then I think she hangs up her spikes completely and definitely a well-earned retirement there you know definitely a great player for England definitely well worth noting Andy well done contacts um last week obviously we we had a brilliant guest in Victoria Monk uh and what I do always says or collectively we do is send out the link to whoever been our guests so they can hear it themselves and spread it to their network if they want to which is precisely what I did with Victoria, I thought she was a fantastic guest last week and other people have commented, but she came back almost immediately after I'd sent the link and I said in that how pleased we were with her as a guest. Uh, and she said, uh, it was such a pleasure chatting to you both. Thanks for having me on. We will indeed share this with our network and with our potential sponsors. Thank you for sharing the link. Uh, great to hear from you, Victoria. You were, as I'm repeating, a superb guest. Mm. Really enjoyable. Um, your mum, Anne Callahan, um, really on that theme, um, congratulations on a brilliant 100th episode. You said, such an interesting and inspiring guest. Look forward to the next 100. Thanks, Anne. Much appreciated. <laughs> we hope so too. See how we go. Mike Smith, also in communication. Uh, great episode, he said. In the style of the telegram you should have received from the king, please don't stop. Uh, well, uh, amazingly, we haven't heard from King Charles III yet. Uh, I think he's been a bit busy. I so we'll just say, yeah. you think it's delayed in the post? Maybe we can talk about it next week. I think he's been a little bit busy. Uh, you know, he, he had, a, had a church service or something to go to on Saturday and a... Uh, a couple of carriage rides and a, a pop concert to watch. So um, okay, I'm, sure, I'm okay. sure he'll be in touch. All right, then. Fair enough. I'll, <laughs> let, him, I'll let him off this time. We've um, also had a few more plaudits come in as well. So uh, Rosemary Conover, um, your cousin, got in touch, said, great podcast, but aiming for another 100? Really? <laughs> Seriously, though, well done, guys. So thank you, Rosemary, um, for your contact. And again, thank you for the fantastic card that you sent through ahead of the show last week. Uh, Brenda Lowe keeps it nice and short and simple with just saying well done to us. And uh, also um, Howard Bowles, congratulations on 100 episodes. And then Peter Wilkinson, a friend and former guest on this show as well, 
has said congratulations and a happy centenary tony and andy yeah peter is a a very keen cricketer and played to a good level in his youth so uh i'm sure that he recognizes that hundred we'll we'll be getting our name on a board somewhere in the clubhouse (laughs) somewhere yeah it was very nice to receive all those communications we really do appreciate it so thanks very much indeed and we'll charge on from that hundred hundred and one tonight what we'll charge into is get a grip I have to confess, I'm not a great lover of Martin Samuel, the so-called Sunday Times, they call him Voice of Sport. That irritates me for a start. But this weekend, he sunk for me to new lows when he wrote an article entitled Self-Serving League Must Learn from Anthem Debacle. What was that about? He was referring to the Liverpool supporters booing the national anthem on Coronation Day ahead of their match against Brentford at Anfield. The anthem was incidentally played and sung uh, at Premier League games throughout the country without any incident. Samuel's premise appears to be that a football match has nothing to do with the coronation and it shouldn't have been played at all the anthem that is it was i believe an important message in my opinion for football to send uh, playing the national anthem it's a special day for lots of people so it wasn't just the sixty thousand crowd at anfield but every other ground and millions of people watching on tv he says the league knew all the likely outcome and exceptions should have been made to liverpool Total rubbish is my response to that. Why should there be exceptions to Liverpool? Have a different view about royalty if you wish, but these Liverpool supporters are very much of the nobody loves us, everybody hates us, I'm going to eat worms. Why couldn't they have just remained silent in their protest? Well, they can't. They've got too much to say for themselves. They have banners actually saying, we're not English we are scousers. Be anti-establishment by all means, but have some respect. I believe aspects of the Hillsborough disaster a number of years ago now were hand- weren't handled well by the police at all. That's a, a subject that you could return to. But these same people boo the European anthem when their team plays in Europe. What is that supposed to be all about? I'm not sure they actually know if you ask them. Uh, Anyway, interestingly, my mate Gary Lineker on Match of the Day found a way of not mentioning those booing fans. So my message to you, Liverpool supporters and Martin Samuel, is get a grip and have some respect. You're pathetic. Yeah, feel better now. <laughs> yeah, have you got that off your chest? I mean, we, we know that you're anti-Liverpool, being a Manchester United fan. Uh, all I will say is that uh, watch this space because you'll remember a number of years ago that Boris Johnson actually managed to offend the whole of Liverpool um, when he was writing for The Spectator and ended up becoming Prime Minister. So who knows, Tony, this could be the start of a whole new political career for you. <laughs> vote, vote for TG. <laughs> uh, I yeah. just can't see you getting any votes in the uh, the Merseyside area, but not that that'll upset you. Yeah, not at all. But anyway, it needed to be said, in my opinion, 
And if you have a diff- if you have a different opinion, null and voiders, say so. But I just think there are times when due respect should be taken and, and shown. If I pick up on your very first point, as I say, uh, I, I'm not going to agree or disagree. I'll keep my counsel on whether I think that the Scousers were right or not. But to, to pick up on Martin Samuel, anyone that calls himself the voice of football when his medium for communication is a written medium in a newspaper, I think that sort of stretches the bounds of credulity a little I'm bit. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not not a big fan of his writing, but then again, I'm sure he's not a big fan of our uh, our podcasting. So, uh, yeah, no, never, never the twain shall meet. Greetings, Martin. See you later. Right. Um, That brings us uh, to a close uh, without a guest tonight, but plenty of material as ever. Uh, And if you want to be in contact with us, listen out for the contact details or come directly to us as you've been doing recently. That's absolutely fine. Uh, At the end of the podcast, there are some contact details there. And as ever, um, we want to be with you next week at a time and a place that suits you. I know that changes from time to time and people sometimes save up episodes to listen in one batch to catch up. Whatever way you do that, we're with you all the way. And we've got new fans, new audience all the time. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it tonight. Um, we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Cheerio, folks. Null and Void with Tony Grundy and Andy Callahan. Together, they don't add up to much. If you have a sports story, you can contact the team on nandv at forthenow.co.uk.